Podcast. I am Evan Kunai, one of your hosts, and I'm here with Christopher Ritter. What up? What is up, dude? We got a lot to talk about today, but before we do that, we're going to talk about how you can follow the show. You can follow us on YouTube, where if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to us via podcast, you can follow us on YouTube, where we're going to be going through each deck list from the top 16. Well, I should rephrase that a little bit. We're going to be going through a few unique deck lists from the top 16 of CEDH for Return of the King, which happened this past weekend at Laughing Dragon MTG in Issaquah, Washington. This tournament, I feel like, is just like the epitome of what the Pacific Northwest meta is. And uh, you're going to see exactly what I mean when we go through a bunch of this stuff. Uh, so if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to be able to see each deck list that we go over today. You can also follow us on any or any podcasting platform, most major podcasting platforms. Give us a five-star review. And then you can also join the Discord server. We're having conversations about these deck lists. We're uh, submitting deck lists, uh, uh, sort of bounce off each other and work towards the ultimate goal of building the best list that we possibly can. You can also find us on Patreon, where for $3 a month, you can become a supporter, an official pepperhead. Because if you didn't know it, this is the number one podcast on the internet for Magic the Gathering and Dr. Pepper. Anything to add on that, Ritter? Any, uh... uh no, just... I, I really just want people to know how sincere we are about our love for Dr. Pepper. Did you see in the Dr. Pepper channel the coupon I got from QFC? I didn't. You got a QFC coupon for, for Dr. Pepper. Now, I'm happy to pay full price. Sometimes, uh, if I see the Dr. Pepper, you know, guy stocking the shelves, I'll, I'll hand him a little tip even. You know, Damn. like a little fiver. Like, hey, thanks for the good work. Yeah, no, like, it's... If you see that guy out in the wild, you got to praise him. You got to, like, I would kiss the ground where he had walked. That's how much I, I appreciate how much, the work he does. But this coupon, let me tell you this. It's next level because apparently if you go to QFC and you see a deal or a sale and uh, they don't have what you want, like they're, they're out of stock, you can get a rain check for that, for that sale. Uh, and for Super Bowl week, QFC was doing this awesome deal where it's you buy two 12 packs of soda and get three free. And I was like, what? Of course I'm going to go show up. And my local QFC, as soon as I walked in, I went to the soda aisle and the Dr. Pepper was completely out of stock. It was the only soda that was out of stock. Like people had gone in, saw how good of a deal it was, cleaned all of the Dr. Pepper out and then said, yeah, whatever, have Coke and seven up. <laughs> so I mean, I, people know what's good. Yeah, you're right. I did not know. Yeah, I did not know I was living in such a community full of pepperheads. Wait till they figure out, find out about our podcast. But I went up to the front desk and I was like, uh, how do I get Dr. Pepper with this deal? I don't want to miss this. And they're like. Well, um, we don't have any back stock, but what I can do is write you this rain check where you can get the same price guaranteed for 60 days past the sale, like the final sale date. So I can take this coupon whenever I want over the next 60 days when they get restocked on Dr. Pepper and get buy two, get three free on 12 packs. You hear that, people? That is 
you can get just amazing deals on Dr. Pepper if you really stick to it. You stick to it and you're committed to the pep. It's an amazing product. It rewards its customers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were sold out and I was just like, you got anything in the back? And they're like, well, I will just guarantee that you get it for that price because we're committed to the Dr. Pepper. All right. Let's get right into it. Today we are talking about... Well, we're talking about the top 16 from CDH4, Return of the King, but we are going to be focusing in on a few unique deck lists that we saw from the top 16 that we felt were, uh, well, unique in their own right and noteworthy because it takes, God, to be able to pilot some of these decks and imagine has some, like, these are very talented players and uh, work their way up, some of them to the top four. You're going to see two very unique builds in the top four, so let's get right into it. We're going to talk about the top 16. The 16th, well, you should know that Kenrith in the Pacific Northwest runs the show. There are so many Kenrith lists. It is probably the highest density. Uh, throughout, I could probably go through all 56 players that were part of this tournament, but we had Kenrith place 16th, 15th, 12th, 3rd, and 1st. And well, you can well, see, Kenrith. you can see right here at the top, Atlas is the champ. So uh, <laughs> Atlas is a great player. is has probably inspired a lot of these players to play Kenrith due to uh, how consistent the results are that he keeps posting. I know that when we go through these lists, you're going to see probably the the greatest influence that I've had on the Pacific Northwest meta is you're going to see how many people are now running stunt double. Atlas and I had a conversation and, on it. And that was Atlas's exclusive secret secret tech for a minute, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and, like, Atlas had the conversation, like, him and I had the conversation, and I was like, have you tried Stunt Double? You know, you, you want something of Flash at instant speed to be able to copy. We talked about a few different options, but that was the one that, you know, like, he determined to be the best fit for him. And he's posted so many wins in the past six months that I think people are starting to catch on that, Stunt Double has a place here in CDH, and it is it is an amazing card because I've been taking it into all of my builds that include blue and have not regretted it at all. So let's get into it. We are going to focus in and start here because I don't have all day to talk about it. We're going to start at number eight with Albert Huang. Go right into the deck list here on Moxfield. This is a Rayhan, Last of the Fum or Last of the Abzan, and Dargo the Shipwrecker build. So I love this Jund. Like I love Dargo. One, absolutely love Dargo. The cost reduction was always something that screamed out to me to say this can be broken. And once you get to that Dargo costs one red mana, like every treasure you sack beyond that reduces his commander tax and everything like that so he's always just one red mana there's so many loops that you can perform with this deck and like there's so i see a lot of these like a lot of the cards in here and a lot of different dargo builds like in teamer builds and whatnot so like we have hope of gear which sacrifices reducing the cost of dargo in your main phase two you have uh man this is actually a spicy build because obnixilis the adversary is insane in this Dargo build uh, for it has casualty X. So you create a copy of not Nixless that isn't legendary. And then it gets loyalty counters equal to the power or is it uh, 
or yeah, power X. So equal to the power of Dargo is seven power. So this comes in with seven loyalty counters. And you can immediately and you can ultimate it. Yeah, immediately. And draw seven cards and lose seven life. Yeah. So, so you, you, you get it, it's grizzle brand at home with a with a couple extra steps. Yeah, and I'm I mean honestly with how Dargo enables a lot of strategies, it doesn't even feel like it's that many extra steps. It's just like, oh, I need a sack outlet like Dargo wants as many sack outlets as it can possibly get. And this is one that allows you to not only profit off Dargo and reduce its cost, which means it's just mm -hmm. one more red from the command zone, but it also allows you to refresh your hand and keep on rolling. It's like one of my favorite includes in any Dargo like uh, Grixis build that I've seen uh, with Chrom. It's so solid. And then we have just like the, Build here with creatures is actually super hot, and I actually have not... I didn't see that Moloch from the Warhammer 40k decklist is in this deck. So when Moloch enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature and opponent controls. If that creature would die this turn, exile it instead. And it has Ravenous X. So this must have been some sort of utility piece that was just tutored out and used in particular instances. Mm-hmm. I like I want to like I want to pick the brain of this uh, of this pilot to see what exactly is going on here but uh it's a wow with how many sack outlets are it makes total sense to include include Brody and Hulk here uh cuz you're probably going for some sort of loop with uh you know let's see they have this is my first like impression on this deck list so it, it, this is all of my first readings here no Cloudstone Curio here. So the like there is no dockside like uh dockside bowmaster loop. It's probably just some sort of death loop with activated sleeper, your favorite card in the world, Ritter. My my number one favorite card. Your number one favorite card in the world. I it's it's so cool to actually see this uh get play in, in CDH. Let's see, Wild Cantor, Xanthid Storm. Xanthid Storm. It attacks defending player can't play spells this turn. Wow, that is some pretty crazy unique tech there too. Let's see, Tinderwall yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. What were you saying? No, you're good. I was going to say that that goes kind of uh, hand in hand with a uh, hope of Gaiaper similar effect. Right. Uh, when you don't have silence effects because you're in Jund colors, so. It's uh, it, like it's it's crazy. I'm sorry. I'm just re this deck has so many unique cards that you would expect. Putrid Goblin, CDH Superstar. Yeah, is in this deck. Veteran Explorer. Like that's literally what I have the mouse on right now, and I'm just like reading it, and I'm like, ah, you can eat it with Dargo. <laughs> like, that's the crazy thing about Dargo. Most people overlook is that it can eat creatures that need to die from the command zone to get death triggers. So that like that's yeah, right there you get a putrid goblin. Uh they're not running a Yogmoth loop here because that that's usually what I see with like persist or uh undying is like they usually want some sort of like Yogmoth loop but they didn't feel it was necessary. And had a ton of loops. Obviously we have Razaketh, Protean Hulk here, uh rolling down to sorceries. Cabal Therapy, Duress. This is unreal. Honestly, I'd never thought I'd see Duress in a CDH build. 
ever. <laughs> I mean, it's going to have a lot of targets. It's going to target at least half the deck a lot of the time. Yeah, it's it just... That's so crazy. Just to like, I guess you do take something out of their hand, you know, interaction. It's the same thing with like a Xanthid, or a Xanthid Swarm, where it's like, I don't want you interacting with me, so I'm going to get the jump on you. Yeah, it, exactly. It's that lack of white for silence effects. Like, you, you kind of have to play a lower quality card like Duress. Right. And and also like Thoughtseize, not necessarily a great card in CDH or EDH generally because it only targets one opponent and you have three opponents. Um, but like, you know, that's the kind of interaction you need because, you know, also this deck doesn't have blue. It, you know, you got to strip interaction out of the blue player's hand. Yeah, I mean, that's always been my struggle with building stacks and in Denia is that without the you know, without the ability to play blue, you oftentimes have to find unique and creative ways to interact with, well, more interactive decks. So yeah, there's a couple more sack outlets here in the sorcery section. Uh, Life's Legacy is great with Dargo. It's a fresh seven. You have Eldritch Evolution. Can go get your Protean Hulk from uh, the Dargo, and then you just eat the Protean Hulk with the Dargo once you fetch it out. Uh, let's see, Natural Order also here, so you can go get a Protean Hulk and eat it with Dargo. Ugh, amazing. The synergies in the sorcery section I find far like far more obvious than what's going on in the creature section. I feel like it's a mystery in there, and I would never know how to approach this list. Like Watching it play, I would be like, when do I stick my finger in there? Like when, How and when do I interact to, to stop this from exploding and jumping off the table the instant package obviously is amazing as well we have summoners pack to go well get what you need burnt offering to eat the dargo get a ton of mana or eat whatever you need it to kill something let's see crop rotation i feel like it's just uh the is almost an auto include in a green build it just allows you to I feel like I feel like this instant package is a pretty standard uh package for this kind of deck. There's there's like the instants might be the only card type in this deck that doesn't have something interesting going on. Right. And like it when you actually look at it. Because like if you jump down to enchantments, it's got goblin bombardment. Because, you know, that you know, it, that can be a win con with some of the loops going on in here. I would say and, that Tame Impact you know, would maybe be the only thing I would like have questions about because they're playing a creature that allows every player to go search for basic lands out of their library but they aren't playing any basic lands <laughs> and then they're also you know so it's a tainted pack you, you know what i'm saying with the veteran explorer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i see that actually yeah what is the because i don't see how what is the tainted pact achieving in this deck? Right, because it exiles cards. I mean, you would be able to get what you need in a particular moment at instant speed, but I don't know what. But it, there's like unplayed creature tutors and other like two mana black tutors that I think would be just as good in this deck. Right, there's something, um, and I'm not seeing like for the fringe when you steal your opponent's Thassa's Oracle. Play. there's no like praetor's grasp or anything of that nature right right which is kind of where that that that's the only thing in the instant package that has me like what but yeah it, it everything else makes a lot of sense 
Um, artifacts, pretty straightforward. Birthing pod, uh, that's why they're probably running. The artifacts, Razzica. they are including your your uh, your pet card, Relic of Legends. Dude, I knew this card. I knew it would would pop the f off once it came out. It's it's I see it in more lists, mostly like Rogsai stuff like that that allows you to. Uh, I, I think people still prefer like Springleaf Drum because it's lower to the ground, mm-hmm. but uh, ultimately serves the same purpose with higher upside, but a higher cost. Um, Birthing Pod for going right into Rasiketh from Dargo is pretty great. But yeah, enchantments you were saying uh, with Goblin Bombardment, this is kind of hot. Another sack outlet that just allows you to throw damage anywhere. Let's see. The Underworld Breach. They are playing Lion's Eye Diamond. What else are we going for here? I don't see a Wheel of Fortune. Hmm. Curious. Again, more curiosities. Let's see. Sylvan Library. That's another, like, I think we've talked about it before. Sylvan Library is slowing down. Like, it, it isn't as necessary as it once was. I feel like this deck could probably run a few more unconditional tutors than play the Sylvan Library. Yeah, I think, though, you want, uh, because you're trying to get to that mid-game in whatever strategy, uh, it kind of wants the card filtering, and that's the card filtering option maybe in this deck. Sure, yeah. And then always if you... And I'm not not usually going to make the case for Sylvan Library. I don't think it's a good card anymore, but I think in a situation like this where you don't have a ton of options for the filtering, um, it, it, it serves a purpose, I guess. And this is like, uh, if, if you're trying to go to mid game. Yeah. I really want to like talk to this person and understand where their head's at with a couple of these, like, cause obviously they were successful. Like this is eighth place at a large tournament. So uh, do you know this person's, uh, history? I don't No, I would, oh, okay. uh, I, I, obviously I want to learn more because this is a very unique build that was able to be successful like Earthcraft. Hey, uh, Pepperheads, if you know uh, Albert Huang, get us in touch. Have yeah. those questions. Yeah, yeah. Get him in, get him in the comment section because or on the Discord server. Let's I want to chat because this Albert, Earth- do you like Dr. Pepper? Because you're going to love this show because <laughs> we have an offer. Yeah. I, I, Evan Evan has access to up to three twelve packs of Dr. You are Pepper not that putting my Dr. So. Pepper up for ransom right now. <laughs> I'm just saying you have access to it. I'm not making any promises. I, I don't want to uh, break any payola rules. I well in podcasting. So we might have you might have just crossed the line. I probably did. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but Earthcraft here, like Earthcraft, without any basic lands in the like in the list. Has me, has me going. What? Oh wait, no. There's, there's uh, a there's, mountain. There's, there's basics. There's, there's a mountain. Basics. Okay. Yeah. I, I miss saw because they, a, we're all with so the retro I a, frames. I see a snow covered forest. Yep. Down there, I see. Uh, there's a mountain. A mountain. And there's for sure a mountain. But I believe now that are your basics. Those, those are your basics. Okay. So. Having an opening hand with the veteran and a basic is something you mulligan away. I feel like uh, it, this is like I said. I I don't quite 
totally understand it. The veteran sounds like it is combo wombo, like great utility with Earthcraft. Because if you, oh, I see. So if you're, you can loop Dargo infinitely with a, with a basic mountain and Earthcraft. So you get, uh, I think, right? As long as you have a sack outlet, you can just, yeah. So sack outlet, Earthcraft, basic mountain, you go ahead and you just, sacrifice it's an infinite mill with altar of dementia it's an infinite colored mana with phyrexian altar uh let's see uh, oh yeah there you go infinitely big yeah, no creature. no that uh that loop is actually pretty straightforward with dargo you just need any of the sack outlets yeah so and and, and it's going to result you with you know infinite damage or infinite mana or infinite colored mana or infinite whatever Right. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, Mayhem Devil, if it's on the battlefield, which after generating infinite of any resource, I'm sure would eventually appear. And you can uh, probably kill the table that way, or Zulaport Cutthroat. So it's starting to make sense. Still far, still starting to fall into place. Let's move on to our next deck. This is obviously very interesting. And we want to talk to you. Albert, get in touch with the Mock Stars. I need to know what's going through your head. Uh, you can see that, uh, obviously, there are 16 deck lists here on the screen. Uh, we have Justin Pack at 10, who was playing his Rocco list, said that the Delny package, which we were very excited about, I talked to him on the side about this, off the record. But now that we're on the record, I need to bring it to light, that Delny package absolutely hits. He was saying that oftentimes it would win him the game before the other players even knew the game was over, which is like... <laughs> unbelievable that's like that is so efficient like to have a creature like that in your list that you can fetch out with such a low ceiling is amazing and I, i'm super stoked to see where that build goes uh, notably he had said that he had pulled mother machines out of the list going into the tournament but felt like it needs to go back in the list now that he's he played the after the day was over so uh, we also have, uh, and notably, Justin is one of our patrons. We also have another patron here in the top, er, at six. John Goddard was playing Blue Farm. And I think that John's been trying to figure out what is the best fit for him. And he's been trying out some more of these like tried and true methods. Like I know card draw and card advantage was something that um, last time we had played together, was he was trying to work through. So obviously he's found something that works for him with Blue Farm. Super exciting to see him make uh, get up to the sixth. And then we have at number five, the next crazy deck list, which I want to take a look at with Christian Perez. It is Hidetsugu and Kyrie. And I saw this conversation sort of being stirred up on Reddit where Hidetsugu and Kyrie has now become a viable commander that the game is slowing down and stretching further into the mid game. So here we are. Top deck manipulation commander, hit at Sugu and Kyrie. A ogre demon dragon, 5-4 flying. That is two, two blue and a black. It says whenever it enters the battlefield, draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. A nice brainstorm effect. And when hit at Sugu and Kyrie dies, exile the top card of your library. Target opponent loses life equal to its mana value. If it's an instant or sorcerer card, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Wow, and there's some uh, there's some good payoffs there, such as enter the infinite, rise of the Eldrazi, Seagate restoration, totally things like that. Now, you know? when we were starting off, I was saying how Stun Double has well, 
sort of made its way into the meta here in the Pacific Northwest. Here we see it again in the creatures. Uh, but like you said, the more interesting package here is in the sorceries. Before I get to that... I, I mean, there is definitely an interesting creature uh, in this package. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. talk about. Yeah, totally. Uh, if you're... If you're confident that I'm thinking about the same one, you can go ahead. Uh, Gigantoplasm? That's exactly the one I'm looking at. And, man, uh, I've never seen this card before today. Are you familiar with it? Uh, I have not. This is my first time seeing it, too. Okay, this is a Jumpstart 2022 card. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh Three colorless and a blue shapeshifter. You may have gigantoplasm. Enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it as uh, X. This creature has base power and toughness XX. So uh, it is a zero zero by itself, as is the nature of shapeshifters. Yeah, which is the, okay. So, like, I'm starting to see the synergies here. The one thing with Hidetsugu and Kyrie, it doesn't matter that you draw the big spell or you draw that huge sorcery that you're going to cast for free off the top of your library because you're brainstorming. You can throw it right back on top. And if you know you're not going to get the trigger till the next turn, you put it second from the top. So it's still sitting there when you get your death trigger. But Gigantoplasm at instant speed can kill itself, which is like, I think the purpose here is you can just activate it for zero because it doesn't have the restriction of saying like uh, there are some like X spells that'll say or X abilities that'll say X cannot be zero, but this is like oh it comes in as a copy I get the trigger and then I can just zero activate this ability kill it and then get the like get the spell that I just put on top. That's some pretty neat tech. That is super unique. I love that, man. And if you get the Gigantoplasm out in another clone in some sort of way, you can just continue to uh get those sack triggers that's really cool i love that all right sorceries also notably displacer kittens in here and talion and a whole breaker horror package as well all right sorceries pretty awesome here it's not very often that we see big chunky cards like make it into well fifth place in a tournament but I just want to work backwards. I think Rise of the Eldrazi as a 12 mana value card that cannot be countered and firing it off for free is nasty as hell. It's super nasty. Yeah. Destroy target permanent. Target player draws four cards. Take an extra turn after this one. Pretty good combination of effects. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of extra turn spells in here. And like Enter the Infinite, it's just crazy how you could just like you pick up your entire library and then you win the game like is ultimately what that means and for 12 again another 12 mana value spell in this list i want to scroll down after we get to lower down and just see what the average mana value of this deck is but uh expropriate you often don't see that around very often anymore i know for a while like probably 2018 and 19 this was like a menace in competitive builds. Uh, Seagate Restoration, huge upside as a land, but also draw you a ton of cards. Bribery is here as another way to like, uh, well, set yourself up with other people's creatures. I think that's the underrated property in clones, like with Phyrexian Metamorph. Obviously, the upside is it can be the one ring. Stunt Double, 
you are just creating copies of the best things that exist on the battlefield. And I think that's what's important to note in the value that that uh, like copies present. Uh, it gives you multiple versions and multiple forms of your commander as well, especially with one that wants to die. So it uh, enters the battlefield, gets the draw trigger, and then it state-based actions kill it immediately, and you get that death trigger. This is, this is a really good clone deck. Um, and then, uh, yeah, everything else seems pretty good. You have a tutors, tutors, card draw, and a board wipe <laughs> remaining. Uh, let's see. Instance. This is where we talk about the mid game because a lot of these decks, when you're playing a strategy that is, well, not as efficient as blue farm and card draw, not as, uh, efficient or as, has much, as much velocity as Kinnon, you need to be able to run enough interaction to guarantee that you are going to be able to at least present some sort of win condition. And so there are 29 instants in this list. Yeah, not a lot of surprises in this package. Like there it's in the instant package. Like it wants to interact here. Like you know, the commander is doing something different, but here like you just need the most efficient spells. Yeah, you know, and uh this makes sense to obviously have like uh Tainted Pact and Demonic Consultation whatever uh because you're able to play Thassa's Oracle where um, you know, like we were saying in the prior list, I, I wasn't sure what the purpose was in it, but here it's clear. And we have a saw in half. We, jeez, sawing in half your commander, like, and getting those, like, you get three death triggers off of that, which is just hey, you get that Malakir rebirth off as well. That's that's another trigger. Yeah, this is obviously a really well thought about like package of interaction that allows you to, um, like trigger you like you're not only are you keeping the game alive but you're instigating more triggers by like including some very unique but also very powerful spells so like sacrifice you see this in like dargo builds it was a big it was talked about with like hoarding broodlord for a long time as like a new line of strategy to win the game and here we just have it as pure value that allows you to basically use it generate the the mana that you need to cast it at Sugu and Kyrie again and then pay two blue mana get it back onto the battlefield and get like keep the wheels turning that's what a lot of decks when it comes to being successful if you can spin the wheel and generate card advantage you're oftentimes going to find yourself in a better position at the end of the game than if you're not able to if you just get like stifled or whatever obviously you're going to sit there and just suffer but this this deck seems like the level of interaction that it has and how it instigates the strategy around the commander is well thought about and well orchestrated as well. Because we also have another extra turn with Nexus of Fate where you can just probably proc infinite combats if you are able to just generate infinite, uh, infinite turns through this because it gets shuffled back into the library. Be a pretty hot way to win the game. Limb Duel's Vaults, we're seeing more and more of this. I feel like Tivit is also wanting to play this more now than ever to get to the to basically sieve through their deck and get the time sieve. Artifacts, straightforward here. Um, the big thing is obviously Mirage Mirrors, the unique piece. So we can copy Hidetsugu mm -hmm. and Kairi, get more death triggers. Enchantments, also very straightforward here. 
very slim package, but Animate Dead is there, so you can get the Hallbreaker Horror back, is my guess. Necromancy as well. Yep. Yep. And then Lands. You're in two colors. I, you know, there, uh, there is always the surprise to me that blue, like two color blue decks, don't run back to basics. But there's still plenty of utility here. With, uh, like with this land package, like Cephalid Coliseum to instigate card draw or kill someone who's going for a Thoracal win, and then Cabal Pit, which I haven't really seen in a build, but it has it is removal on a land. But I mean, it's a freebie. You have a lot of flex spots in your mana base if you're doing two colors. Yeah, and you aren't hyper-focusing like stacks or, yeah, like that back-to-basic strategy. So I want to, I do want to look down and I want to see what the mana value spread is. And it's actually super slim. There are only a few cards that are outstanding that really say, like, <clears throat> there's two spells with 12, one spell with nine, two with seven and two with five everything else is four or less i mean i don't think the deck necessarily is aiming to kill you with that ability there like i mean it's 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 trying to cast these big spells that would otherwise be uncastable you know yeah i would say you only need a handful of them and all of them whichever one you you proc is you're intending to win on the spot right there you know so you don't you don't need a lot of them like you know and they're dead cards too in your opening hand so you don't want too many right and i would say that that damage really if it goes through is only to like limit players to let like it limits the number of cards that players can get with the one ring and pressures their life totals that way and then also if you're able to fire off, you know, knock someone for 12 because they're on Adnaz, like a Rog side player or something, like, yeah, you just reduce the number of cards that they're going to pick up significantly. So, yeah, I, I think it, I think it has incidental value rather totally. than being the win con, right? Yeah. Yeah. Super unique list. Great to see it actually get up and make the top 16 and almost really like almost make the top four. But we have. Yeah, a f- this is a really cool list. We, and we have a few or like two more really unique deck lists that I wanted to definitely take the time and chat about. The next is our fourth place list. Priscilla Kortnick in fourth playing Rahan, Last of the Abzan, and Krom as partners. This is a really crazy build that I think that there has been so much around Blue Farm to say that, hey, this is obviously has the best conversion rate hey this has like seen success on in so many different ways to put a new creative little twist on it that sacrifices white for green but that means you also get access to creature combos in in a way that you wouldn't get where you just you generate i think better value and card draw and interaction with white this is like saying you know what i can sacrifice that because i'm going straight for like well You'll see as we go through. You, you're getting a lot of like a lot of value through creatures and plus one plus one synergies. So I have a really. We're gonna dive in first. Let's just get right into it. First planeswalker, Minskin Boo, Timeless Heroes, is turning out to be one of the best planeswalkers I think we've seen in a while. Green and red. Whenever it enters, you create the one one hamster, and then you can put three plus one plus one counters on one target creature with trample or haste. 
And then you can minus two it, sack a creature when you do Minsk and Boo Timeless Heroes deals X target to or X damage to any target or X is that's power. If it was a hamster, you draw X cards. What's cool about this, and I've seen it in the command zone, is you not many people are gonna swing into a four four hamster. So oftentimes you can make it as big as you need to until you know it's ready to fire off and draw seven. I've seen people draw ten off of a Minskin Boo. So it's it's not unheard of for it to sit there, control the game, and grow one hamster, grow one creature large enough uh, so that you can either deal an insane amount of damage or draw a crazy amount of cards. It's, uh, yeah, I love it. I love the include here. Um, but mostly what we see in the, in the creature section is we're seeing tons of card and mana advantage. Uh, there's, Ritter, I'm not sure if you've seen braids ran in any cdh deck but i'm seeing it more and more and it has mm-hmm. so much value why didn't we see this yeah, before? tons of value on there it it uh when it got printed it just didn't for whatever reason make a splash yeah uh, i think people were thinking about it as a commander and you know then you're limited to mono black and certain strategies but uh looking at it as a value piece like it definitely should have a home in more decks and then you see another card like you know masco girl uh known killer totally uh, showing up as well which you know very uh you know that's a little bit of spice in this list totally and i i was curious like when i saw masco girl in this list i was like what is this doing that i'm not seeing like is it is it really that good but it's Whenever a creature in opponent controls dies, if toughness was less than one, draw a card. But I'm not seeing a ton of like minus one, minus one synergies. I mean, or creatures strategies. you control have wither. Yeah, yeah. So it prevents people from blocking, right? Most of the time. But if they do block, then you are getting card advantage. It, it maybe that's just all it needs no, to do. Well, no. Yeah, exactly. Like because your creatures are doing those nine minus one, minus one counters. And these creatures in your deck are pretty chunky. You're killing off those, you know, your opponent's creatures, and you're drawing cards there. Yeah. And there's not a one per turn limitation. Right. Of course. Like so, this deck looks like it does want to go to combat, right? Totally. That yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is like this is so like like this card is very combat focused, which is something that while combat damage is underrated and winning like can win the game, it's one of those things where it's never really expected. You never really see it coming. Like when it gets down to the grind and you're in the late stages of the game, that combat damage is going to be the thing that decides it. Most of the time, there's a way to generate some sort of combo to make that happen. So um, maybe it's just, yeah, maybe. Oh, it's just yeah. Really and then, good. you know, this deck has Agatha's Soul Cauldron. So, like, you can just throw th- that Masker Girl stuff on whatever um, and let it play out. Well, it's just activated abilities, I guess. Yeah, I mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some other things that you could... Like, I think the coolest thing with Agatha's Soul Cauldron here is the Razaketh, where you can just entomb a, a Razaketh and then uh, straight up just... Uh, which they do... That's Dark Ritual. I've never seen that printing before. But yeah, they can entomb Razaketh, exile it with the uh, Soul Cauldron, and then whatever creature they have could be an ignoble hierarch becomes a Razaketh in, in in spirit, right? Absorbs mm-hmm. all of its abilities. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty insane. The creature list here is, like, 
pretty like it is so refined that I don't see any like changes or have any questions that I would even ask outside of like Massacre Girl where it's like what kind of and it's not like a question as to like why are you playing this it's like what value does that bring to your deck that I'm not seeing more than anything so and could you imagine Massacre Girl on this on the battlefield at the same time with Niv Mizzet Perun you're just throwing damage at creatures as they draw card or as you draw cards. That's I mean, actually- that's probably one of the intended lines. Yeah, I guess right. I guess fury. Yeah, I, I mean, like fury this too, deck yeah. is seems so creature and combat focused in a way that you don't typically see in CDH. Like you know, outside of certain strategies, right? All right, moving on to sorceries. Uh, when you're in green, I think finale devastation is obviously. Always an include, but we have life and death here, which uh, this is a card that sees play in modern, right? It's legal in modern. It's all lands you control become 1-1 creatures until end of turn. They're still lands, or you can cast it for its other side. Death, return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. You, you, You lose life equal to its mana value. I think the only reason this doesn't see more play is because it's green and black, where people have found that omitting green from their list is far more efficient. That's a good card. Let's see. Toxic, yeah. to- toxic Deluge. I, I mean, you, yeah, you you want Toxic Deluge. That works well with Massacre Girl, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, no, I mean, Life and Death is great here, I think, just for the, like, for as a two-mana reanimation. Like, you're already playing reanimate. You're already... Um, let's see in the enchantment section. It's not playing any of the enchantment reanimate spells. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's how they have found a way to compensate for it. In a way, I'm really wondering if Rayhan is a combo piece or if Rayhan is some sort of like just included for the colors. I'm still figuring, trying to figure that out. I do think that the Minsk and Boo... I mean, it has incidental value, like an interaction with Minsk and Boo. Like, again, because this is a creature and combat-focused deck, like, you know, if you're just putting plus one and plus one counters on your shit, great. Yeah, like Agatha's Soul Cauldron, also another, like, way to get plus one, plus one counters distributed amongst your creatures that your commander can take advantage yep. of. Oh, and then Orcish Bowmasters, obviously. Maybe this is it. <laughs> you know, the uh, a mass orcs one. All those all those plus one plus one counters when that creature dies or is sacrificed through some sort of way can uh, be moved around, creating a another way to pressure your opponent's life totals. Let's see. Mnemonic Betrayal, I love it. Neoform, I love it. Everything else, love it. Pretty straightforward. Gamble's the one thing where I see that they're on under rule breach. And Lion's Eye Diamonds. I am. I'm still curious. I, I, I Underworld Breach has just seems so straightforward, but in colors that don't run blue, it it is always a, a mystery to me on how they end up looping things like that. If it's maybe a, they're on the value breach. Yeah, that could be it. I mean, as a mythical, the the value breach is a a, a myth, from what I understand. Oh, but, it's real. I've seen it. Oh, I've seen it happen. What? I mean, you could loop Dockside. You know, you have a sack outlet. You loop Dockside infinitely, I guess. All right. Or maybe you just need maybe you need to get something into your graveyard for Agatha's Soul Cauldron, and that's a way to do it. That's true. Yeah. No, you... it exiles stuff. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, boy. Or maybe maybe there's just maybe it's just value. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, again, anybody who we're talking about here, anybody who, like the people who are responsible for these deck lists, if you are not part of the Discord server, jump on the Discord server so that you can explain some of these strategies to us because I obviously uh, highlighting you um, on this like on this episode is uh, you know we're we're just rolling through and trying to understand as we see it. You know what? We should appearance. find the original deck list rather than the tournament deck list. Maybe there is a primer for some of this. Ooh, stuff. you're probably right. Yeah, I'll dig into that and see if I can find the links and put those in the description below. Uh, here at the instance package, package again, we have a lot. Hey, you of know interaction. what? There's there's Evan, what? there's a package in here that goes with Underworld Breach. I see Brain Freeze. Oh, I see. Dude, why am I like this deck's without Thoracle. blue? Why am I like, yeah. oh. Second set of eyes. Thoracle's, yeah, there's a package in here, man. Thank We're, you. But also, they they probably just want to value Breach. If you really get down to it, they, they want to value Breach. That's It's their, their desire in life is to get that, see the value Breach happen, come to fruition. So they'll, they'll take the combo pieces if they wind up in their hands, but they want a value breach. Yeah. Now, I, I feel like such an idiot. Let's just rewind, cover this whole deck list again in its totality. There's blue in this list. And oh, look at that. There's Underworld Breach. Oh, there's Lion's Eye Diamond. Oh, there's Brain Freeze. Would you look at that? We've won the game. All right. Now we can move forward. The instance package, including Brain Freeze is very interactive again a lot of like what we saw with that initial dargo the jun dargo list actually exists here since you're not able to play silence effects you're playing which i've seen more and more abrupt decay uh is amazing here and then we have tain impact obviously and then uh yeah this brand new artwork for pyroblast from wilds of eldraine lovely and yeah not much more needs to be said. Very interactive. Probably a great pilot knowing exactly when to use those things. Artifacts, very pure. The Soul Cauldron, we're still figuring out its ceiling. I will say that forever until it is found. Enchantments, very straightforward. This is obviously a creature-based build, so Survival of Fittest has a home here. You love to see it. Let's see how many creatures are actually in this build. 23 creatures. So Survival of the Fittest on 23 creatures with plenty of card draw, I'm sure. And Rhystic Study, Mystic Remora, Underworld Breach, Land Package, lovely and straightforward as well. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to get too bogged down with, uh, you know, utility in your land package. That's just extra thinking. Don't want to be I doing mean, that. You got the two best, Boseju and Odawara. Mm -hmm. uh, but, oh, and you know, you know what's great about them is utility uh, lands. They produce basic colored mana as Man, well. Yep, yep. And coming untapped, they have this. They're freebies. The sweet. Oh, Gaia's Cradle. Yeah, gotta play that one. But like other than that, yeah, the land package is not messing around. Nope, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Can you imagine using life when you have a Gaia's Cradle down, and then all of a sudden you're tapping for a crazy amount of mana instead of just a couple? That's lovely. I think that's a cool interaction. And they have the sweet pixel art command tower in their build. God, it's so pretty. All right. This uh, this list, again, uh, if the person responsible would like to explain the commander selection and run us through some of the lines, uh, please jump on the Discord server. And if you're listening to this, you know who they are. Direct them to us. 
we'd love to talk to them. All right. And then the last list that I will go through very quickly is the winner that I'm sure you're all wanting to see. Atlas. Uh, the return of the king, because not only did he win this tournament, he also won the prior tournament. Back to back champ. Here we go. 24 creatures with Kenrith at the helm. I've seen Atlas win games with just Deathrite Shaman alone. This is the difference, I think, when you see all the other Kenrith lists and you see uh, like that they're so similar to one another, maybe just a f- two or three cards differentiating the total build, is that it comes down to the pilot. And that is what I've known Atlas to be as the one of the best pilots in CDH that I've ever met, that I've ever seen play, the way that he analyzes opponents like in person, even over spell table is like crazy. What the nuance in human behavior that he notices to get the result that he wants is unparalleled. So here we have a ton of interaction. This is a stacks build. Believe it or not, this is a build where he wants to be controlling the game, playing a land, passing the turn. So Dauntless Dismantler, obviously he sees the value in it and uh, has found a slot for it here. Uh, his Some of his favorite ways to win are include Dual Caster Mage and Saw in Half. Let's just make sure that's in here. Woo, Saw in Half, where are you? Maybe I'm blind. There it is. I see it. All right. And uh, yeah, this, this deck, Italian, is another include that he's found the time for because it... <laughs> is proving to be like we talked about it with Justin, I believe, I think so, where you call one or two and, you know, it generates you pretty significant card advantage throughout the game. Uh, Stunt double as well. Niv-Mizzet Perun, Displacer Kitten, Spellseeker, which is, I'm sure, uh, probably the best Displacer Kitten target in the library. And Metamorph. Uh, As you can see, clones... Reign Supreme here, Phantasmal Image. Uh, One thing I noticed with all these lists is that there are less and less players playing Flesh Duplicate, which was highly touted once it came out with Doctor Who. And I saw it played, well, in a lot... People were prioritizing it over Phantasmal Image, but I think we still... uh, I think we still prove that, especially in Kenrith lists, that Phantasmal Image is just I think that's a slot choice. Like... You know, what are your choices in that slot? In this particular deck, you're already playing Phyrexian Metamorph, Phantasmal Image, and Stunt Double, which mm-hmm. have, I think, advantages over Flesh Duplicate. Um, do you need a fourth version of that effect? No, no, I, I think you're right there. It's like, you don't need that, especially when you're... I, I think you come to realize that 100 cards is not that many slots in the first place. Like, uh, mm-hmm. the space gets very tight. But I'm saying, I'm saying like, even, even if a deck has three slots for that effect what is stunt double i i mean sorry uh flesh duplicate offer over the three that we talked about yeah over like the reason that you want phantasmal image here in kenrith is because you can target it allowing you to recycle it with the reanimation ability but like flesh duplicate i feel like uh people in, in a when you are not playing kenrith and you are playing in a very kenrith heavy uh environment it is much better to have the flesh duplicate over the phantasmal image because just being able to target the phantasmal image against a Kenrith, like with a Kenrith, is enough to dissuade 
or to like I guess persuade people to play the duplicate more so than the than the image, even though the image is less mana intensive, where it requires like flesh duplicate requires two pips, two blue pips, and phantasmal image is just the one. It's obviously the most efficient clone that is out there, but again, it's one of those things where it's like, man. It sucks that you can just target it with Kenrith and kill it right off my board. Um, the, I'm sure the cool thing like that Atlas loves to do because he has a little guild, like he loves using Gilded Drake and abusing this ability. So uh, I'm sure he uses Phantasmal Image to target Gilded Drake and then uses Kenrith's ability to target the image that he gave somebody else and then recycle it <laughs> and keep using Gilded Drake over and over. Like that's just, a, I can see those packages in here. Like it's just, they're just so clever and they're so well thought out and they're he has such a way of strategizing in, in many different ways throughout the course of a game where he's never really locked into one line. He's he's walking, he's going where the wind takes him. But uh, going down to sorceries, moving on from creatures, pretty straightforward. Six sorceries, Neoform and Eldritch Evolution for getting the creatures that you need. Wow, that's cool. You can actually neoform Kenrith right into Niv Mizzet. That's a hot, hot, hot include. Let's see. Atlas, if you've done it, let us know. Yeah. And then uh instance, again, prioritizing getting to the mid game. I think that's where Atlas like thrives. And uh obviously, silence cloud shift signature atlas card is alive and well here. Uh, you definitely want to be able to abuse that Gilded Drake as much as possible. So uh, it exists here. I love it. And let's see. Because uh, most notably, Cloud Shift returns the creature to your control, where other, like Ephemerate, returns it under its owner's control. Cloud Shift doesn't have that that limitation. And then on moving down to artifacts, very, very slim artifact package. It's He's heavy on dorks for that reason. Six mana dorks, six mana rocks, and a one ring. And then enchantments, Rhystic Study, Touch Spirit Realm, Mystic Remora, a Smothering Tithe, which I guess... Is that new tech to this list? I, uh, I feel like that's new. Looked at it? Okay. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that he was on Smothering Tithe, but if you have been on for a while, Atlas, let me know. And... This, again, very pure land package. Not a whole lot of messing around. Oseju, Atawara, Gaia's Ex Cradle. Exactly. And then the cards you need to Ex make mana. Yes. I, maybe Tarnish Citadel is a little spicy, but not really. I think if you're yeah. playing five color, you want the Tarnish Citadel. Right. Yeah, just for the flexibility, for sure. Yeah. And then... Uh, down here in the sideboard, Uniki has his eye on the Archdruid's Charm, Trouble in Pairs, and Reenact the Crime. So there's value there to be had, potential cards to see in this list in the future. But this is the winning deck list. Atlas, congratulations. And congratulations to all players who participated and those who were able to make the top 16. No, man, uh, just, you know, we have some questions. And we, do. Uh, we have some people we need to talk to to get those questions answered. Yep, you'll be hearing from our lawyers soon. This has been 
another episode of the Mock Stars podcast. All those people who we want to ask questions to about their lists, make sure you jump on the Discord server. And if you're curious about those questions and the answers that we receive, you can also see those conversations if you join the Discord server. You can ask us questions about Dr. Pepper. That's yes. And we are the experts. Yep. Are we experts or just fans? No, trust, Super fans. trust me. Trust me. We're I've drinking I've drank my fair share. I can I, I'm an expert now. Hot, old, every temp, every flavor. For me, the original flavor is the best. Mm-hmm. And also, this is the only negative thing I'll ever say about the Dr. Pepper brand. Diet Dr. Pepper tastes like Fago. Which really? is not a compliment. No, yeah. no. I mean, I, I I have never even had Diet Dr. Pepper, which... Uh, Just the way all the flavors pop in Dr. Pepper, they are so flat in the diet. You, you're going to just be like disappointed in me. I just have a prejudice against diet, doc, diet sodas in general. I'm like, I'm young. I can't, I don't need to switch yet. You know, when I get older, I'll probably bend to their, to the, to doctor's orders. But until then it is regular straight Dr. Pepper in my veins. All right, let's get out of here. Ritter, we really kicked some ass today. And all these, yeah, dude, I don't know how we could have kicked more ass. These, I mean, we could we could have crushed a few Dr. Peps. Ah, that's true. Got fired up. Yeah, got fi- peppered up. These top sixteen players, they really kick some ass as well. Uh, super happy to that uh, Laughing Dragon, MTG, and Issaquah Washington has been able to make this a consistent thing, uh, place, and home for competitors of all different builds. And uh, yeah, this is uh, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. Let's let's friggin' go. All right, Rudy, you gonna, you gonna say bye? You gonna say bye? Uh, no, I'm gone. I'm already out. I'm walking away. All right, bye. 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 See, see, see you later. Going down the stairs. <laughs>